It's the Dillcast, episode 405, Double Critical. And this week, guys, we tell you all about our holiday weeks. Welcome to 2020. Destiny 2, MechWarrior 5, and Phoenix Point. Stay tuned. We had some uh, lag. <sighs> it works. We're it's back. the Tillcast. Hey, we're back. Yo. It is... It is January 3rd of 2020. It is a whole new year. The year of double criticals. A whole new motherfucking critical. Double crit. Boom. Yeah. Show title. No. Double crit. And a whole new decade. Let's just throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. We could do that. We could do that. Yeah. It's a whole new experience. I've got. Man, I wrote like critical. 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 If we, if we make it another decade, huh? we'll be old man podcasting. Uh, I mean, we're kind of already there. <laughs> the average gamer is what, like 23 or something like that? Yeah. Fuck. Half my age, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, we're counting Fortnite players? Uh, we gotta. Oh. We gotta. I mean, we also... I mean, I mean if, we can ca- if we count Fortnite players, we also have to count... People who play mobile games on their phone. Oh, well, that raises the age significantly. (laughs) Count my mom in. (laughs) My grandma still plays, you know, games on the phone. So (laughs) that's what she has a phone for. My parents are approaching their mid-70s. They play games on their phone. Yeah, my grandma's a gamer. That's awesome. Granted, most of the time it's like solitaire and spades, but they're playing on their phone. Yeah, I know. She plays all kinds of stuff. I mean, she had at least two of those annoying freaking pop-up games that notifies you every 10 minutes that you haven't been playing the game. Uh, that she was like, can you get these things to shut up? And I'm like, yes, I can. It's called uninstall. Oh no! I I need to I need to send yeah. uh, I, I need to send the hourly gift to your uncle, and I'm like. Really? My, really? My my dad uh, found a love for Toy Blast. Toy Blast? One of those annoying uh, match games. Oh, like. yeah. I mean, I couldn't remember what, what this these things are. Like, you could give me a title of a, uh, of a mobile game, and I'd be like, if it's not like Clash of Clans or Raid Shadow Legends, I probably haven't heard of it. Uh, and only, and the only reason why I know Clash of Clans is because it became stupidly huge for some reason, and Raid Shadow Legends basically supports half of YouTube at this point. <laughs> they, wow, they they have sponsor spots on pretty much every YouTube video that I watch for some reason. Right? Oh, I I know I see a lot of like mobile or uh, media face Facebook, Twitter, or whatever media ads for a lot of that stuff. And I don't understand because I really very rarely play games on my phone. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have. I don't think I, I have, have. I, a have game play, on my I phone. actually have a lot installed that I don't ever touch. It's like I feel like even One Finger Death Punch, which I actually do like, um, I barely touch that. Yeah, I don't have any games on my phone. The closest I've got to a game on my phone is. Uh, is the Destiny Item Manager Vault Access for my phone. That's it. 
Like that's that's pretty close. I mean, that's that's just a companion app. And that's right. really it. I don't have any games on my phone. Considering how bored I can get sometimes at work, that's, that's yeah. I never that's had that amazing. problem. I'm always freaking swamped. Well, I mean, you know, I don't. Have, you work in the middle of the night. Yeah, I don't you have a whole lot of feast or famine for you. Things going on, right? Um, exactly, feast or famine. Well, let's not forget the, the other popular mobile game, Game of War. You know, because oh, Game of War, yeah, yeah. they got popular because they paid Kate Upton like twenty million dollars or whatever it was. Where do they get this money? I mean, <laughs> people spend dumb money on this stuff. The, uh, I mean, I think so. If you think about it in a very broad sense, they're almost everybody some kind of gamer, right? Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. But the majority of people in that category are people that are playing mobile games very casually. And then you got people that spend some money on those, right? Yes. Or they'll have a couple of games they really like, and that's kind of like their entertainment budget. So they I spend use... like 30 to 50 bucks. And... Yeah, I... Like, I don't know what she spends. My fiance's got a couple of, like, item management games uh-huh. that she actually spends money on, like, monthly. Huh. Yeah. Um, and play them as much as I play or, computer games. Okay. Or, like, my 10-year-old who pays, who wants gift cards so she can spend them on cosmetic items for Roblox and Minecraft and... Oh. Boy, Roblox. Um, yeah, uh, th- that's the thing. I mean, these uh, these these microtransactions, and that's exactly what they are. I mean, that's all they are. You well, play yeah. the game for free, but you end up buying these fucking boosts or whatever the hell. Uh, and yeah, it's big, big money, big industry. Uh, it's, of course, it is. And, and of course, that mindset's bled over to you know AAA titles and everything so well yeah was, they they saw how much money king games and candy crush was making yeah well i mean that's one of the one of the first ones but yeah and it's crazy it's it's absolutely crazy that they could spend millions of dollars like every time i see a raid shadow legends thing a, a spot on freaking youtube i'm sure that i mean it's not big money i'm sure it's like hey we'll give you like a couple hundred bucks to mention us for 30 seconds. Yeah. You know, probably. I, I, I don't know what the pay scale is or, you know, it's based on their viewer count or their average viewer count or whatever the fuck it is, but. And it auto pays out, so. Yeah, it's, it's basically how many eyes saw this spot, you know, that was baked in. Um, yeah, it's. Pretty much. It's, it, it can't be super huge. Because of the amount of people who are fucking, you know, yeah. spouting it on their uh, on their YouTube channels, but uh, the just the amount of people that have those spots, and it's been a couple months, like three or four months or so, that I've seen it just spike. There's so many of them just out there, uh, so they have to be making money to be able to spend that kind of money. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. If you, if you average it but, out to be a couple hundred bucks over like, you know, like 40 or 50 YouTube channels that I can see, not to mention the ones so, that I haven't seen that are fucking spouting that shit. Yeah. 
I'll just move this along because that was a rabbit hole I tend to create. Uh, I, it's been two weeks. It's been two weeks, and in that two weeks, we've had we've had Christmas and we've had New Year's. Yeah, we've had a lot go on recently. So, but a whole to, lot of craziness. Our uh, other mascot's very excited right now. So yeah, it's well, it's been two weeks since she's seen us. So well, she's seen, showing off. Yeah, so she's yeah doing her thing. Hey, the number one mascot got scratches because number two was asleep when i walked in the door oh uh, okay well zoe num- actually wagged her tail number two over here is in uh, on the wrong side of the room ah, she's got my you got your headphones <laughs> all right so all right you ever feel i mean during the holidays you ever feel christmas swole christmas swole no i don't I feel like a fat blob most of the time, and I hate. I hate the first time I heard the term "swole," I thought it meant feeling bloated and fat, and that's exactly how I feel right now. Those Christmas tamales made me feel Christmas swole. I, I wow, okay, and the Christmas toffee and the Christmas cookies and is, the Christmas enchiladas well, and the Christmas sandwiches. Considering I, how big those Christmas tamales are, I. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I may have had my fair share rolls. of. Yeah, I had pizza rolls. So I mean, there's there's a whole story there, but yeah, I had pizza rolls. I had you know Christmas cookies. I had peanut, uh, chocolate peanut butter balls, which is like I don't know, it's super mm-hmm. awesome. Are uh, there any pizza rolls in the freezer? Uh, no. They're all gone. They're all gone. Yeah, tomorrow's my last day of uh, uh, fat freedom. That's pretty much my thing here is, and this weekend, I'm switching over to, you know, mm-hmm. full-on keto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to rid everything in the house. Uh-huh. I've just been using the excuse I've spent all this money on food. I've got to yeah, get I'm, rid of it. Might as well use it, right? You <laughs> I can make delicious. Mm-hmm. Meals we had Chinese out of food this. last night. Mm-hmm. The, the night before, we had prime rib. This guy is getting fucking salty over here. He's getting super salty because he didn't Sp- save any pizza rolls. I didn't save any pizza rolls. That's exactly it. He's getting salty because I didn't save any pizza rolls. You know, pizza rolls can be made, right? Oh, they they can, but in this case, you'd be making them for me instead of me having to make them. Dude, why the fuck haven't you just asked? That's the thing. <laughs> These fucking pizza rolls are just expected it. I don't. I don't want. No, no, no. It's not that I expected it. I mean, a little part of me did because <sighs> you expected you know. me to keep pizza rolls in the yeah. fridge over a freaking week, a whole week. Are you are you shitting me? Those things were like <laughs> a, giving a hundred dollar bill to a fucking five year old. <laughs> That's going to burn a hole through their fucking pocket quick as shit. Those things sitting in the fucking fr- uh, no, freezer were like, it, I don't have to cook. It, All I have to do like, is throw it in a fucking air fryer and boom, it, instant it, meal. It's more like, uh, uh, I have not wanted to disrupt Rusty as much as possible because I want Rusty to continue to lose weight. So you let him have all the pizza rolls? No. (laughs) You could have come over at any point in the last week and taken all of the carbs out of my place, and I would have thanked you. I have not 
asked for pizza rolls. Now, that said, I would say I need to apologize to you as a friend because after your after your mom and dad made their surprise pop up, uh huh, I fully intended to make it over to your place last week, uh huh, and, and did not do that. That's right. You didn't. But while you were, well, I'd say while you were uh, visiting your your parents, uh-huh. uh, before preceding that, I'd been up until 3 a.m. for four days in a row. I don't want to fucking hear about it. My parents visiting on the whim made sure that I flipped my fucking schedule twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you did. I, I had to go from working night shift and being a vampire to living during the day because that's the only time I was going to see them. So my wife had- Were the, you already on va- a vacation of sorts or time off? No, I only had no. four days off. That was my four-day weekend. Oh, so and you flipped and then flipped. I flipped and flipped again. Yeah. Yep. I had oh, to flip. Four days. I had- So they arrived the same day as I got off of work. So I got off of work at seven o'clock in the morning- and they arrived in town at noon. So I had to flip my schedule after a 12-hour shift and then, you know, be semi-functional for them, you know, being around. They were here for a couple of days and then I had to flip back because I had to go right back to yep. work on Monday. So, so so similar for me. So my wife had this big, grandiose plan. We'll be able to wrap all the gifts Saturday, Sunday after you, the kids go to bed. You didn't have that all done already. It won't it won't be a problem. Wow. No, because my wife was still accumulating shit. <laughs> the definition I, of last minute. I, I I love my wife, but she buys things all she buys things all throughout the year, right? And so she has to hide it. Which means then when you get close to Christmas you have to find it again. Well, on top of finding it again, because she works at the store she works at, and she finds the stuff that she can find for for very good prices, um, she was accumulating more uh, Yes, as we're pulling stuff out, right? So, somehow, we, we end up in total with, like, somewhere between 40 and 50 gifts for the kids. That's a butt wagon. That is a butt wagon. Oh, my gosh. And that's a tail hitting shelves. Wow. Um, and, like, uh, 30 gifts for ancillary family members, etc. right? That's a decent amount She's of gifts. She's like, man, we can, we can wrap it all in two nights after the kids go to bed. It won't be a problem. No. No, dude. Why? Because Saturday, 1030 hits. My wife... Passed out. Uh, of course. So I'm I'm up rapping till like two thirty a.m. I'm like, okay, I gotta stop. I gotta get some sleep. Wake up. Oh my god. She goes work Sunday. <laughs> I'm managing the kids on like four hours of sleep. Cool. Stay up again Sunday night. 11 o'clock turns around. Mm-mm. Passed out. Of course she is. Rapping again. Uh-huh. 3 a.m. this time. Of course, everything my wife does is 
either oddly sized, either oddly small. Gift bags. Or oddly large. I don't wrap gifts anymore. I just throw them in bags. <laughs> I wish I had bags. Here's your trash bag. It looks like a trash bag, but it's really a gift. <laughs> I'll be right back. Let, let's say I had enough time Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. Tu Monday night was the culmination. That was like 4.30 a.m. And then wake up at 7 because the kids were awake, ready to open presents. Oh, of course. You know. Um, or Tuesday night. Sorry. Those that, but the, all that work just for them to rip it apart in like Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, Tuesday night. I have enough time in those four days to watch the entirety of Star Wars Rebels on Disney Plus. Yeah, it's a good show. Good show because I'm just sitting there watching that as I'm wrapping gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Damn, that's, I mean, damn. It's, I, 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 <laughs> this I'm, was like, let's see, what is that? Yeah. It's like six to eight hours a night. <laughs> Just with, rapping. With, with no help. <laughs> with no help. That's crazy. It would have taken two nights. If you had, had Crystal help. been able to not, you know, pass she, out. she can't. I mean, um, she she can't. Uh, well, my wife. So my wife, to be perfect, to be completely kind to my wife, she does have various medical issues that can flip either way. So they can either completely kill her, which for the last couple months they have. I mean, sure, her energy's yeah done. Uh, and when her energy's done, it's done. That's it. She's out. Right. No reserve tanks. Um, no reserves. Um, but then, you know, Rusty's experiences as well. She will have periods of, like, endless energy where she just stays up till, like, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning cleaning the house. Yes. For, like, a week straight. Or texting me for some know, reason. Or texting Rusty or whatever. And I'm <laughs> like, know. why are you texting me at 2 o'clock in the morning? Bored. Go to um, sleep can't yeah <laughs> so um this just happened to be one of her down periods so i ended up doing all that myself and then on top of that um you know then she had to work of course all the days after christmas yeah well i kind of did a, so I it's had all a, baby duty after that true i had a deal kind of like that with work where i got Thanksgiving and Christmas off, but I had to work New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and Christmas Eve. Yeah. And I had to work both. Well, and I ended up having some days off. So, like, I had Christmas the day after, like, through Saturdays, which meant that I had Christmas through Monday the following week. Uh-huh. And then, because I have so much vacation accrued, I'm off again. I The only day I work between now and Tuesday the week after is Tuesday. Huh. Nice. Well, I mean, that's... I'd originally taken the week of Christmas off one because we planned to go to my parents for the first half of the week. Right. But also because the kids are out on winter break until Monday, right? Yeah. So, which is the sixth. So, you know, there's two weeks there we have to have child care there for the days Crystal works. And we weren't exactly clear whether or not she was going to have to work Christmas Eve or not. Uh. Yeah, basically, all I work at today's the fourth. 
or the third. I basically work the seventh, and then I don't go back to the work until the fourteenth. Yeah. Oh, you bastard! But basically, that we those four the four days after Christmas from from Christmas to sun through month through Sunday. Oh my gosh! Wow. Um, Crystal worked like thirty five hours. Yeah. In four days. Yeah. Because the store was just, yeah. It yes, it's a freaking retail store. So well, well kind of. They but... were having to stock on top of doing everything else. Right. Right. So, um. So needless to say, last week Tuesday, awesome. We got or Monday we got uh. Her bosses took us out for dinner. Paid us dinner. Bricktown Brewery. Brewery. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Their stout. It's good. It's good. You. It's you good. See. Yeah. yeah feel... It's actually smoother than Guinness. Yeah. Uh, Guinness is pretty yeah. smooth. No, their stout but was good. They, yeah. I liked it a lot. I mean, it's a brewery. What do you expect? Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously. I liked it a lot. I had... I had three glasses of it in span of like a forty minute dinner. Uh, you're definitely taking advantage of that free uh, that free dinner, huh? Oh, I was, but they were encouraging it, so okay. I was going with it. Oh, of course. Um, and then after that, man, after Christmas and everything, I was just, I was hitting my crashing point. You see, <laughs> like all of this I was. I didn't make it past ten thirty New Year's Eve. So the last like seven minutes or so has been the longest excuse for not showing up at my place that I've had in a long fucking time. That's that's what I'm hearing. Is but we do still need to make a movie date. Uh, well, yeah, I've been fucking waiting for you to fucking say something because I have not gone and seen the latest Star Wars movie. I have not either. Uh, and I've been waiting because Crystal told me that you wanted to go see it, and you were waiting on me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking ready. Well, I literally work like a day in the next week and a half. Yeah, I I totally plan to, um, because I knew Rusty had to work, so I figured Thursday night or Friday night was going to be perfect. And then Crystal tells me Thursday that my parents showed oh, up. Oh, yeah. Rusty's up here with his parents. They're parents and going grandparents. Around the store. And I'm like, it doesn't dawn on me until I hang up the phone. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. She said, wait, she said Rusty's parents. And, well, shit. And and grandparents. <laughs> you got to add my grandparents in there, too. Oh, they, they made the trip, they, too? They made the trip, too. Uh, it was really great to see them because uh, I mean, they live in Michigan, so it was kind of a surprise. Well, that's the first time your grandparents have come down here, isn't it? It is very true. And uh, none of them have seen the apartment, and I've lived there for almost four years now, so... Well, I mean, it's been, what, five years, six years since your parents were down here last time? Yeah, yeah, and they, and they visited, you know, yeah. you know that you know, that time they kind of came and picked me up and went driving. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time that they actually came down and stayed. So, we, I mean, I was told that they were coming down 
a couple days beforehand, like at the beginning of my week. Like I had, um, they, you know, she called me Sunday and said, Hey, we're driving and we're, or we're going to be driving down there Christmas day, uh, so that we can arrive you know, that, you know, that, you know, for the weekend and stay, you know, stay a couple of days and then they're going to drive back. And, uh, I, I get off the phone, just do the whole, like stand in the middle of the apartment and spin, just kind of look at everything and said, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my parents and my grandparents for the first time are going to see the inside of my apartment. And I do not want to look, make it look like a freaking college dorm room in here. So I, uh, um, which is its normal state of things, uh, just so y'all know. I mean, single tech dude, so it happens. It's usually full of Amazon boxes and pizza boxes. Mm, kind of. Uh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And let's not forget the mountain, the empty Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dew, two uh, liters. I, I, I hid those. Um, <laughs> I got rid of everything else, but I had those in the recycle bag. But yeah, it's, um, they uh they came down uh after i had done a full full clean of my apartment uh and i mean like i said the f- turnaround time between me getting off of work having worked a 12 hour shift at night and them actually arriving so that i could spend time with them uh was only a few hours so i was working yeah, on you operated on like a couple hour nap yeah well I don't turn off immediately at seven o'clock, you know, because I well, don't. I, I just can't. No, I'm. I'm figuring you probably took your nap somewhere around nine or ten o'clock. It was. It was. I went to went to try to go to sleep at eight, tossed and turned for an hour, woke up, did some more busy work around the apartment, and finally laid down at about eleven and passed out. And woke up at like twelve thirty when they said we're in town. Where are you at? I'm like shit, I have to con- you know I have to make it through the rest of this day on an hour and a half of sleep. Boom, made it happen. I was dog ass tired by the end of the fucking day though. Uh, oh, I bet by the time <laughs> they were ready to call it quits, you were. I mean, they you had been past, driven, uh, driving all day, so they were, were tired. You were past adrenaline second wind, though. Well, yeah, I, w- I went through like three or four <laughs> wins there. Because <laughs> uh, they got, you know, when they got here, they came directly over to my apartment. And, they, and we spent most of that day, we went out to eat one, you know, for dinner. Uh, and went back to the apartment hung out for a little bit and then they were like, okay, we, we got to go to bed. And it was like nine o'clock and I'm like, thank you. I mean, I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> I don't yeah, think they even got to their freaking hotel room. They're like, why can't we have called it quits? Like two I didn't or three want hours to. ago. I didn't want to. Cause I only got to spend two days with them, uh, two days and one yeah. morning. So two days is a lot, you know? So it was, I was trying to, you know, entertain them and, you know, and, you know, just visit because I hadn't seen them in, you know, in a while. So I, I, I wanted to be there and be awake and be alert. So I was chugging all the caffeine I had. Uh, and, 
you know, went through plenty of coffees and all of my energy drinks and as just to get through that first day. Um, passed out for, you know, you know, for the night, woke up and then we did an entire fucking day. Now, they insisted on bringing gifts on top of all of the other of stuff. Of course. You know, because that's the thing with mom always sends me a care package every year. So she brought you a care package. So she said, I've got all the care package stuff with me. And like, okay, cool. And I brought gifts. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, normally she says. You're the gift. Normally, yeah, exactly. I was like, I didn't need anything because you you being here is my gift. And she's like, well, I still felt like you needed to unwrap a present. Uh, So... That was a thing. Uh, so dad brings up a, you know, a styrofoam cooler. And I'm like, okay, well, this must be like their travel cooler that has their sodas or whatever in it, you know. Uh, and, you know, she's, you know, he says, no, that's one of your gifts. And I'm like, so you got me a cooler? Cool. Um, uh, he's like, the stuff's in it. Just. Open it up, and we'll open up the rest of the gifts. And I open up uh, the cooler, and, I mean, it's a really good cooler. Really thick styrofoam cooler. Still had ice in it from a whole trip. Um, and inside was a one-and-a-half-pound one T-bone steak that's about the size of your chest. Um, six pounds of venison hamburger two uh, packages of uh, about a pound or so of venison loin, uh, which, I mean, venison hamburger, you know, venison burger and venison loin are, well, it's, it, I don't get very much of it. I'm not a hunter. Uh, so I've got that in the freezer now. Uh, and uh, he gave me some, uh, a couple packs of uh, uh, venison beef sticks, you know, venison snack sticks. Those things are awesome. Um, oh yeah, so right up there I mean, with deer jerky. Right, right. You know, so I got, I got that, and that was my dad's gift to me. And I was like, this is awesome because, again, I don't get venison unless I go to a specialty store to buy it. It's super expensive. Yeah, especially since I haven't gone hunting in like twelve years. Yeah, so I mean, I, I have I have some of that in the freezer, which is. Really good lean meat that I know how to cook because, I mean, mom taught me. It's just I haven't cooked it in a long fucking time. Yeah, so you know what you do with that ground venison, right? Uh, What would you do, sir? It actually makes a great Italian wedding soup. Yeah. You You season it right, and it makes a great substitute for sausage. Yeah. Uh, I've got other plans for it, but there's, uh, I, yeah, I've, I've got other plans. The, um, that, that was one of the things that they got me. The, uh, uh, the other thing is, and I'm not sure if you've ever seen, you know, this kind of artwork or whatever, but it's, uh, it's like a, a cloth that has little like squares on it that have little symbols and you take these beads and stick them onto the square. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a paint by numbers thing, only with yeah. beads, like diamond shaped beads or whatever. <laughs> it's been a long time, but I've seen them before. And my aunt does them to pass the time because my aunt watches my grandma on my dad's side. 
uh, who's getting old. Uh, so she's basically the in-home caretaker, but she doesn't have anything that she can do, you know, so she just spends her time doing this for other people. Uh, and when I was up there last, uh, they, uh, she had me go online and kind of pick out a couple designs that I liked. She was just trying to get an idea for me. Right. And normally these things are about the size of a sheet of paper, right? They're not huge. Uh, so I picked out a design of a, of a Chinese dragon kind of coming up out of the water. Uh, and, uh, I was surprised. So my aunt made me that design, only it is poster sized. Now you're looking at one millimeter by one millimeter beads individually placed onto a grid of like at least like 30 or 40,000 or so. Uh, And it looks freaking amazing. It is uh, poster sized. And I took How long did it take to make? Took her a month to make. Every day, putting time into it, took her a month to make. And that is a close-up of the beads. Yeah. How how small those things are. What's the zoom out of it? So it doesn't look pixelated from the zoom out, right? No, that's crazy. But that is that is the individual. And she did it from a pattern, or yeah. So the so the thing is uh the the cloth backing has the pattern kind of printed on the you know on the cloth and then it has an adhesive film that you pull back and you put the the beads onto the grid so it's kind of like a paint by numbers thing but you end up getting like a a massive box of like just beads like different colors of beads and they have all symbols or letters or whatever the hell the they use to differentiate them and you put now them that's on a with massive it. undertaking yeah, it's it's huge. Like that's a month of my my aunt's work right there, right? And so did you like hang it somewhere? Or? Well, I have to. Uh, she didn't know how to uh, uh, to give it to me, so she just went out and bought like a, a cheap poster frame. You know, it's in one of those Walmart poster frames, right? Uh, and it's kind of the poster frame is kind of undersized. It's kind of a weird size. So she put that in a frame and she's like, I wouldn't hang it up this way. It was just to transport it so that it wouldn't, you know, fall apart, fall apart. Um, so I have to actually go get it framed <laughs> and I have to get a custom frame for it to, uh, you know, so that it will hold it up against the glass. Cause if it stays, if you hang it up the, with the way it is, it's not pressed up against the front. And it's kind of wavy, so and it'll sag. So it's it's going to take a little bit of doing, but it's worth it's worth putting the effort into frame it and you know and put it up. I got you. So uh, I've I've just kind of got it set aside for right now, but I will be framing it and putting it up on my wall. It'll be the second thing I put up on my wall in four years. (laughs) I'll say I've been, I guess, me and. Me and Jess have been pretty busy redoing the inside of the house over the last couple of weeks. Boy, have you. So, I think we're done for the time being, but that took a, a decent amount of time. I know that when it comes to the last couple of weeks, I have watched a lot of TV. Um, Witcher. 
I did you finish Witcher, Jason? No, because Crystal actually wants to watch that one, so we've only gotten through the first couple of episodes. Oh boy. I think Rusty was right. The was... easy way to say this without spoiling anything is understand the first episode is kind of setting a lot of things up. Yeah. And that it's going to go back in time and explain a lot of the history of the characters. Yes. Yeah. So as long as you understand that, the timeline is a little bit weird, and that's really the only problem I have with it. But, boy, it was you, it good. You almost kind of had to do that. But if you haven't noticed, a lot of the... Uh, showrunners for Netflix like to do that. It like you know, what? The whole kind of introduce the story and then use flashbacks, whatnot, throughout the series to explain some of the stuff. I mean, they've done it in almost every series. My problem with how The Witcher does it is that there isn't a defined transition. Like normally if so if you're watching a show or a movie and they do a flashback, normally there is a visual cue that it's a flashback, right? right? You have like a fade to white or something like that, and then it goes into the next scene for the flashback. Or like you know, the character contemplating something and then it kind of goes to the next scene, which is obviously you know, the younger version of them. The problem with The Witcher is that the characters themselves are so long-lived that you couldn't tell. So, because Geralt doesn't age, you know, in the same way as normal humans. Right, he ages much slower. So, you know, a difference of 50 years in timeline is, like nothing. is nothing as far as visually for the character. You know, so it was really difficult at first, like the first time it happened, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Because this is technically the past. This is the future. What the fuck? There's a lot of setting up for the first and last episode, essentially. Yeah, basically. It's, you know, and it's it's a roundabout way of doing what they needed to do to set up all the characters. I understand why they did it. But it requires you as the viewer to kind of create your own timeline in your head. Well, and now, to be fair, have either one of you read the short stories or Novelia? No, but I know that it's a mix. Okay. Mostly so, the short story stuff. Yeah. So the the series is really following the first Novelia and a lot of the short stories. Well, the short story is put into a book um, is all it is, really. Yeah. So um so the I can tell you from the as far as from the first couple of episodes go, even the the flashbacking that we've seen is very true to form and indicative of the short stories themselves. Yeah. They uh, he kind of did that as a writer. Right himself that that's the way he wrote it well the original short stories were exactly that just a collection of short stories and you don't have to have a specific timeline you just need to have a good story in that story he'd introduce a character right and then he'd like write the scene of Geralt kind of retelling you how he and that character originally met or something you know that sort of so he wrote that way a lot. Yeah. 
I mean, if you are creating your own little fantasy universe, right? Yeah. You know, and you start off with a th- you know with a main character and a premise, and then you add another character, and then you're like, well, that character probably needs a little bit more of a backstory to it. Then you create another story, and that's how short stories go. It's and the first book, the first you know Geralt of Rivia book is just a collection of those short stories. Um. The show is very much like that. It it tells the the short stories, which me playing the games and knowing of the books and how they are written, I was fine with. But an uninitiated person who has never seen or heard of a Witcher wouldn't know wouldn't what the know fuck what... was going on. That's true. That's true. I will say this just from just from episode one. Hmm. The Wizard's Illusion. Fuck. Just fuck. Buffet o titty. I yeah. Well, there's like, there's a lot of uh, a lot of really granted, cool things. There, if so. you've played the games, you already know it's gonna be. You know they're not gonna be shy about that, and that is one thing I'll applaud Netflix for. It's not. They didn't shy away from anything. It, they didn't shy away from it, but they also they also weren't doing it just to be outlandish and doing it. It's you not something what? you want to watch at work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, but then again, you know, Netflix has actually taken. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that they're showing in, uh, you know, in their original stuff that is. You know, not what you would consider something that you would see on TV, right? So, yeah. I mean, Love, Death, and Robots, for instance, there is a lot of tits oh, in yeah. that. I mean, for um, animation, that's, I mean, that's not something you expected. I mean, Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon, another one, yeah. So, um, they do a lot of that stuff now, that's made for the internet, I will which say, is great. While I, I'm fine with it. Didn't I'm an adult. get to watch the entirety of The Witcher yet. I did watch the entirety of Lost in Space season two. I have not See, I seen anything. Two episodes into that, I haven't seen any of it. And it's been a mix. I mean, like my it, Christmas was pretty varied between her seeing her family and me seeing my family. And now, this week has been pretty much all us. But we've been, like I said, we got all the way through The Witcher in like two and a half days, she and then didn't even take me that. She discovered Supernatural with me, so oh, wow. we got. We are in season four. Wow. Um, after starting that a little oh, bit before. Oh, it's just getting good for you then. Yeah. Well, I'm through season 10. Oh, no. I know that. But I'm saying as yeah. far as enjoying it again, I mean, season I, four is really where I the watched show it, picked up. I started watching that show so long ago. I was watching it on Netflix when I had the CD or the DVD. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Subscription. So I was getting oh, yeah. seasons that's, via DVD. That, that's how I introduced Crystal to supernatural because it was like netflix dvd they've got the first three seasons let's go can you imagine just think of it this way we're we're i mean we're flipping you know flipping the numbers to 2020 here right in 2010 dvd was the only way to get shit from netflix for the most part yeah i mean streaming didn't pick up until a couple years later Right. It's yeah. Crazy. Well, and I, like you think about um, 
you think about just supernatural itself. Yeah. It started back in 2005, right? Yeah. I went um similar to similar to you. Um Crystal and I kind of started hemming that in a little rewatching that here and there just so she'd catch back up cuz she kind of fell off after season 6. Um and uh you go back look at that. You know some of the a lot of those effects even from season 1 still hold up. Yeah, there hasn't been too much that was crappy honestly. Yeah. It's actually it, kind of amazing. Most of it's not bad. And then we started the Marvels and the Marvel movies in the MCU order. We've been doing that too. So <laughs> I've we did started that the other night. So really I hadn't seen Car- Captain Marvel, so now that Where? from what you were saying about if you'd watched it in a different order, that movie would have been better. I agree because we watched Captain America and then watched Captain Marvel and it fits, right? The 80s theme of the whole movie fits timeline-wise. I mean, besides the fact that, you know, literally timeline-wise. But how the size of movie that Captain America was is the size of movie that Captain Marvel was. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not overly grandiose. Right, it's got a central plot and theme to it. It's establishing a character in the MCU. Um, it it does good, and then you know, so sometime here in the next few days, probably watch Iron Man and then Iron Man Two, and then I forgot what's after that. Um, I'm oh, just Iron Man, Iron Man Two. Then you watch Thor because technically Thor takes place during the last third of Iron Man. Okay. Timeline-wise. I don't understand the timeline um, for that and shit. And then you go to Avengers, which is what Crystal and I have gotten through. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what we've been doing with Disney+. Plus. She doesn't have any love or hate, really, for The Mandalorian, although I've gotten through a chunk of that. Uh, um, finished it. I'm oh, gonna, I finished that, when yeah. she's When she's out of state, I'll probably finish it. But while she's here, it's, might as well use the Disney+. Those Plus for last something. two episodes are the payoff. For that whole season. Yeah. Yeah, it it really is. That 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 was a pretty big payoff. Well, don't tell me anything. I haven't gotten there. It's yeah. going to take me a couple weeks. It's oh, good. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just it's good. trying to drive home. It's worth it. Yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait till 2021 before we see any more of it. Or that or The Witcher. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'll say, other than that, we are 50 minutes into an episode, and we did play video games, I'm assuming, during this holiday season, right? I mean, I tried. Kind of. Kind of? Am I the only I, guy that just, like... I shoot... I had, a, I had a few days where it was just me at the house because the kid and Jessa were both doing I, family stuff. I shoehorned some, something in there, but... Be honest, between... Between Christmas week, which was obviously filled with other things, um, uh, and then New Year's Eve, I just had massive migraine all day. And well, yeah, I mean, were you all's New Year's Eve as boring as mine? Oh, dude, I, we it worked. So yes, I had a my so <laughs> set up my New Year's Eve. My uh, I was one of two supervisors on site for the entire day. So I literally couldn't leave work, but I have this migraine massive enough that I have the dark shades on and I'm literally covering my face down on my desk, just trying to power through the day. 
because excedrins don't work in nothing. Mm, been there, done that. Go home, fall asleep for two hours. Crystal and the kids wake me up. I eat a slice of pizza and literally sit there melted into my chair while they're doing other stuff, just basically waiting for ball balls to drop. And um, <laughs> Titan and I didn't make it past 1030. Yeah. Jeez. I didn't. I'm actually really surprised. I'm up as late as I am right now. I know that sounds funny, but like the last several nights, I've just gotten super tired. Yeah. I got the new bed and been kind of falling asleep early and getting tired early. But I've been doing a lot. But um, I was very excited to podcast tonight. Yeah. I, my New oh, Year's dude. Eve would consisted of we were watching. We start did the MCU thing and started that on New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. I got home from work. I worked that day. And then, like, we decided to get, we got to the first, the last episode of season three of Supernatural that night. Right the very last episode and then i was like barely keeping my eyes open i was like i'm gonna stay up till 1201 and i saw it said 1201 i passed out on the pillow (laughs) (laughs) she passed out like at 1157 or something like we're just (laughs) we're so dead i was like man man, we are she's like we're we're old and boring now i was like I, i guess so yeah, I mean, I had a half a beer. I had half a Stella. That was my years old. I've been on low carb this whole, or no all carbs at this point for a week now, and all I had was a half a beer for my alcohol, which is sad. I didn't get any, so I didn't do any. But I did all my alcohol the Monday before, so I, I didn't have any alcohol at all this entire time. It was crazy. That's horrible. <laughs> well, well, if you fuckers haven't played any games, I will tell you that I put... This is how hardcore I was and probably why I'm catching up on sleep. So, you know, I've got... I've been using God Galaxy because it's kind of cool, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I have a couple issues with it. That's, you can't really interact with your friends list, although you can see who's online. The beta launcher for, you know, pretty for much God. everything. It works. Uh, there's a couple games that don't like it very much, though, that will randomly shut down. Oh, that's nice. Um, Phoenix Point doesn't seem to like it after a couple of hours. Like, the game will just randomly shut down while I'm using GOG Galaxy. Oh. Doesn't do that outside of it, but if I'm using GOG Galaxy for some reason, I don't know if there's some kind of weird authentication issue or what, but after a while, it's just like, well, fuck you. Uh, Uh, That's another thing. That's out on Game Pass right now if you're just anchoring to try it. I thought about doing it for the achievements, but I'm so far in, like, I don't want to go back. Um, I have, I started, um, before the holidays with, uh, about 30 hours in that game and about 12 hours in my Warrior five. Um, I, those are two very grindy games, but very grindy games in the way that I like to listen yeah. to podcasts and game grindy, not as bad as like, say elite dangerous, but grindy in a way that I just keep, it's got a good hook. So I now have 94 hours in Phoenix Point. Maybe I may have crept past 100 hours at this point in the last three weeks. Okay. And MechWarrior 5, I'm at about 70 hours. That's crazy. You put some time into those. Yeah. My total game time this last month was pretty insane. And I don't even know how I did that with all the stuff I've been doing. I really factored in. I didn't sleep that much. I gamed more than I worked. And I still spent a lot of time with family. Me and Jessica still got through all that stuff, Supernatural. Like, we, 
the thing is, is that there's a couple of these, like Phoenix Point, that the she's playing her phone game, and we're watching Supernatural. I've seen most of those episodes, right? And Phoenix Point is a turn-based game, so I can literally do a turn. We'll talk for a second. We'll interact, or I'll eat, or whatever, and then hit the turn thing again, you know, and do my moves, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like it's like XCOM, right? In a lot of ways, it's not, but. Right. Yeah. Super put the work in. That game is a slow burn. Um, I did not understand it. And if you don't mind, I've got some tips All right. at almost 100 hours in that will make this game a hell of a lot better because I was playing it like XCOM and that's where I was wrong. So I will tell you, here's some things I like about it um, that I've really learned to like. Um, there's a sense of continuity in that game that not a lot of other games have. For example, um, even in the last game I just like saved and stopped while you guys were here, um, there was a really large enemy on the map that I went balls to the wall on the first turn and just about wrecked his face. Um, did like 1,500 points of damage inside of a single turn. And he only has about 1,800 hit points. Right. So he turned and ran from the map. He was just like, fuck this. And the <laughs> big enemy just left the map. Peace. <laughs> What'll happen sometimes if I'm in the same area and I open up a new mission is that guy will come back with the hit points missing and everything and just be added into the enemy pool. Oh, nice. So there's that. Oh. Um, the game learns how you fight. And what I mean by that is it's got an evolution system. What that evolution system means is if I headshot enemies a lot, they basically get uh, mutated helmets. Or bone grafts on their skin. Uh, if I tend to amputate limbs a lot, um, you'll end up getting more characters with shields or some form of protection. I used to was doing a lot of chest shots on a certain enemy type. They ended up with an armored chest piece. So you have to upgrade your weapons at that point because the way that armor works is it stops a certain amount of damage. So if you have 30 armor, it stops 30 damage per shot until the armor is taken off. And the armor takes damage every time you shoot it, right? But you'll, let's say the armor has a value of 30, and your shot only does 40, and there are six projectiles in that shot, you're only going to do 60 damage because you only got, if you land all six shots, because the armor stopped all of it. So you start to get weapons that strip armor, or you start to get piercing weapons or things like that, or you'll try to kill things with status effects versus trying to kill straight through armor. But anyways, that adaptation thing is kind of cool um, in the way that it plays out. Okay. Um, It likes to do swarms of enemies. Um, So here's the rhythm that I came up with that makes this game a lot better. Um, Don't attack every single thing that you run into all the time. You get something called a training facility you can put at your base. And the training facility will level up your characters at roughly the same rate as you will if you're attacking things. So you can literally take a squad, a good two squads, and pile them in one plane. So you take a squad out, do their mission, come back, swap it with the healthy squad, and leave that squad there to heal, and you can rotate back and forth. So you build up two squads and do it that way. Okay. You can take the whole group. You have those three factions, and you can level those factions up. You're standing with them in several different ways. they got missions that will give you materials plus that. And there's Haven save missions, so you'll see such and such Haven is being attacked by the enemy. If you go save them, you get 10 points of diplomacy. So, like, at 25 points, you end up with getting certain classes unlocked from that group and certain technologies. 
50, you have a certain tier of technologies that unlocks. Um, 75, you have a certain tier. And then 100, you have another tier. So you can do those missions without necessarily hurting your diplomacy with other factions while you do it. Um, with an aircraft, steal the aircraft. Do not purchase an aircraft. Just steal it. You'll gain the diplomacy point, points back. It costs you about 10 diplomacy with that faction, even though you just killed like 20 other guys and stole an airplane. I mean... You can gain it back with a couple of Haven defense missions, and it's well worth it because it costs so much materials that there's no reason to do that. Uh, okay. You're never going to keep all three factions happy at the same time unless you're freaking crazy with the way that you micro the whole globe. Um, focus on two, get the technologies from them, and then start working on the third. Um, and that's kind of what I've been doing and being able to keep it afloat. You get something called mist repellers. So there is a mist, right, that causes this plague that mutates people into these alien monsters. And as that mist grows, so does the level of threat for the different things that are inside the mist. And they'll, missions that will encapsulate your bases will happen. Um, the closer the mist is to something, the more likely it's going to be attacked by the, the cult of Pandorans. Um, you're going to lose bases sometimes. You're going to lose havens sometimes. You're going to lose soldiers sometimes. I almost, I did the thing in the first game where I quit and started over about 20 hours in, and I kind of wish I didn't. I learned a lot by losing a few things and losing soldiers, even though I named them after friends and family. Um, I had, never do that. I really don't. Yeah, I, I've created characters for everybody at the table. Yeah. Um, even Earl's got a character. Earl um, has uh, his, I didn't find a nickname. I just called him Zedediah. For his nickname. <laughs> but... I mean, fits. Yeah. But, like, he's a heavy. Um, Jason, you are essentially an assault. Um, and I'm a sniper. But you can mix and match classes. So, like, every potential unit that you pick up has different... They'll start off with one class, and their second tier of classes are all kind of randomized. So they might have proficient... It might be a... Basically a shotgun-wielding dashing up into everything kind of dude that suddenly also has the ability to unlock sniper rifles. Right. And so you can use that to your okay. advantage on how you want to multi-class it. And as you bond with other factions, you end up with different, like I've got a berserker. So Trent's character is a berserker, which means that he wields a hammer and a shotgun and he can run really far and he wears medium tier armor, but he can dash like three times as far as anybody else in the map and get right up on somebody and strip their armor or just beat the shit out of them. Now, he's got to be careful because he can get the shit beat out of him, but he has an ability called Adrenaline Rush, which basically lets me do two turns worth of attacks in one run and gain action points back by doing so, which means I can put him up and just hammer things down or shotgun stuff from behind. The game fo focuses you on flanking things and getting creative. Like, there's a lot more times that I'm shooting off arms or legs, or doing poison damage that I am just doing straight headshots. So, I, like, overall, yeah. the, the basic tips for that rotation, though, of simply just rotate your troops early on and then build up several squads so you can kind of go all over the map seems to be the right rhythm. But it is a slow burn. I did not feel like I was doing very good in the game until I had picked up these tips that I learned on my own within the first 20 hours or so. Well, and the gameplay loop of how the playing works or how the battles work is addictive enough that I literally play this almost every day. 
I mean, I took time off and I'm going to put probably another 30 hours into it the next week and be 100% okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. XCOM was the same way for me. I mean, it was a slow burn. When you first start off in XCOM, you You suck ass. You are like way underpowered. You You are shooting aliens who have ray guns with fucking pea shooters and you feel like you're not doing shit. The the uh the big change was once you got a either a good shotgunner or a good sniper w- once that happens the game changes in xcom i'm well, sure there's, there's there's an ability with this called rage burst so this can talk about combining skills yeah so rage burst comes with heavy and it means empty every bullet in your magazine in a single turn oh wow okay there are sniper rifles with 18 shots in a magazine I mean, that's kind of overkill, but hey, whatever. It works. And there's armor-piercing sniper rifles with 18 shots in a magazine. Right. right? So you can pair the class of sniper with an assault, get that rage burst ability, and you get another ability called Mark for Death where you do 50% more damage. And suddenly this huge tank of an alien that's walking all over the map destroying shit is... One turn. That's how I one turned this thing with like six people in a in a group. I've got a guy with mark for death, and I've got a guy that has rage burst and a rage burst sniper. And so I can literally, if I can spot this guy on the map with these two snipers, like fucking almost toast in a single turn. I can disable every single leg, and that's the other cool thing. Like you disable different body parts, and they have different effects on what you're disabling. And then they evolve, right? Like, I've been shooting off arms a lot, so they evolve. The little guys, the crab men, evolve this spitting thing where they can spit poison on you. So I was disarming these guys constantly, right? And so for a while, they were using grenade launchers on one arm and then a shield. And then they evolved the spit poison ability, which does basically a third of your health damage in a single turn and continues until you heal the poison. And so I'd have these armless crab men going around spitting poison at everybody before they died. But I don't know. Um, slow burn. It is on Game Pass for PC. Um, it is. I'm having a hell of a lot of fun with it. And then there's MechWarrior, which is equally as grindy and equally as rando. Yeah. Um, yeah. The story's yeah. pretty paper thin. I'm going to say that. The story basically drives you to new, new systems. Story in the draw to that game is literally being big stompy max and blow shit up. That's all and it does ever has that super well. It does that so well. So I have I have three different loadouts for a stalker. So one big difference between this and Battletech, Battletech let you had hard point sizes and you could assign it would basically let you you'd have a tonnage requirement, it would say so you can have two missile hard points, two small hard points, and two large hard points, right? Right. And you could fit it with whatever weapon it wanted to be. What this does is it kind of does the same thing, but you can't, you have certain spots you have to put these things. It can't just be like in a torso or whatever. It's like this arm is a gun arm, so you have to, this is large energy. That's what you can put large, medium, or small energy in there. Um, Battle Tech, the turn-based game made small point hard points a melee thing this doesn't have melee and that's the only thing i really am sad about oh the only closest thing to melee you have is you can walk over tanks which is still pretty fun it damages you a little bit it's worth it get a fast mech and just run on all over mechs or all over tanks but um light mechs actually work in this game up to a certain point there are certain points where i won't put 
light mechs on a map because there's just too many atlases and stalkers all over the place and they just get shredded so fast. Um, but to give you an example, like the, you basically have like up to six weapon, weapon groups that you can use and you can do a chain fire on there or you can do just like all weapons in this group fire at the same time. Right. Yes. The chain fire tends to work really well with certain types of weapons. So like if I use large lasers, they generate a lot of heat. I'll chain fire two together, and what that means is I can double-click real fast, and it's basically a single shot. Right. Or I can use it as a slow tap so that I don't build up heat if I'm just blowing up random tanks and stuff through a map. Right. Um, but the awesomeness that is taking a stalker, and if you know anything about mech warrior lore, that is a mech with a crazy amount of hard points, um, and putting five SRM6s on it, and using it as a shotgun mech that walks extremely slow is really great because you literally can go up to things and just one-shot core little mechs right off the bat. Oh, and yeah. then big mechs, it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to aim at the, yep, that's gone. I'm going to aim at the, yep, that's gone. Like, it just, <laughs> it's so fast, even though it's one of those slower mechs. And, like, a stalker in Battletech, it would lag so far behind because it was turn-based. It'd take you forever to get it up into the heat of battle, and when you did, it was just like game over for anything in front of it but with this you can set everybody to basically follow you so you're walking slow and you get up into battle and then you just start one shot and shit <laughs> and oh boy is that fun um i don't know is there's just the gameplay loop of even the random missions they are kind of samey right you gotta assassinate you gotta protect stuff you gotta like it's not as bad as like uh earth defense force or something like that uh, it's it's just it is like the best, one of the best B games that came out last year. And I was, I call it a B-tier game because it's doesn't have a story like a AAA title. But the breadth of content you have for being in a big stompy robot and blowing shit up and it being extreme. Like, there are so many weapon variants. It's kind of the yeah. game, man. It's like, it's like being a car nerd and being able to kit it out with all sorts of stuff, right? But you've got a big battle robot that you can kit out. And they have so many variants on... So every mech has like... It feels like 10 variants, right? The different hardpoint layouts they have for it. And then there's all the different versions of the guns, right? There's missiles that are more accurate. There are missiles that are streamed. There are missiles that are Artemis loadout. There are, there's these missiles that like fire in a big pinpoint line. Like you've got... Like it loads into the lost tech wars and he start unlocking lost tech weapons and so like i've got gauss rifles i got an auto ac20 which is the largest yeah it shoots an ac20 in a five shot burst and it's stupid it's so you know it's it's less powerful per shot but you're more likely to land shots because it's a burst fire weapon and it sounds good like it's chunky it just the noises behind it feel like you're shooting it's like you took an M1A1 Abrams with a 120 millimeter, whatever the, right? It's just like, it's just so chunky. And the whole mech moves when you shoot it. Like it has the weight behind it. It just, it feels so girthy, right? <laughs> like you just, the guns feel and sound like when nobody's here, like I have it cranked up and it sounds like World War fucking three in here. Is I'm shooting shit with a fucking burst AC-20. And then I got a, a King Crab with dual AC-20 bursts oh, on it. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, it just, it's, it's so satisfying. Like the, the Gauss rifle, things. like when it shoots, like 
the particle effects they use is like it looks like heat. Uh, you know when something gets real hot and you see like the waves of heat? Mm-hmm. It leaves like a smoky heat trail off the gun. It's just you hear the click and the boom and you see the heat trail, but and then you see the effect of what it did. It's it's very satisfying, like extremely satisfying. And and things, you know, the only thing that's like hit scan is lasers, basically, and flamethrowers for some reason. That part seems weird. Um, but you know, particles have a certain amount of distance they have to travel on. Right. And so like, if you're firing downrange with an AC 20, it's, it's got drop to it. Right. If you're firing an SRM, you can fire an SRM like 800 meters, but it has a hell of a lot of drop after 400. So you can kind of use them like artillery, which is what I'll do. Like you get used to the drop and you're firing, literally firing dumb fire missiles in a big arc and just dropping it on stuff. Like it's just a whole (laughs) hail fire of warheads. Like Loaded up like eleven hundred SRMs on this fucking stalker, and that I had two medium lasers, like eleven hundred SRMs, and it was thirty six SRMs per shot, and I was just lighting shit up. I just stacked it with heat sinks and just artillery fired until I got close enough to actually aim at shit. <laughs> the propellant only goes four hundred meters. That doesn't mean that the projectile itself won't continue. Well, yeah, you've got an AC-20 that says the effective accurate range is like 420 meters or something like that, right? I've fucking sniped shit from like 1,000 meters, but it's like artillery at that point. Yeah. It's just I know that it's going to hit really hard when it hits. So (laughs) you get really good at that. And it's just, it's addictive. I just continue to do shit like that, right? Continue to build crazy mechs. I'm still looking for an Atlas, you know. But I've got a, a Highlander with a Gauss rifle and a whole bunch of SRMs. I've got a, for a while I had a freaking, for anybody who knows any MechWarrior lore, and I won't go too deep into this, right? But like I had a, I've already have. Yeah. I had a Hunchback that had a Gauss rifle on it for a while. And so even though the Hunchback wasn't that fast, it literally had a Gauss rifle on it that I was just headshotting shit from like 900 meters away and just headshotting shit as I walked up to it, basically. Yeah. Is... But all the mechanics are spot on. It, this would be a AAA game if they gave it a if they f- hired a real writer for the story. Essentially, you're on a big revenge quest. But but it doesn't need it because literally, like it's just everything feels right with the combat. Have you played any of the other Mech Warriors? I mean, it's it's head and shoulders above all of them. Right, but if you've ever played any other Mech Warrior game. There isn't much story there. Well, the Battletech game has a decent story and more memorable characters. But the Battletech, the Battletech experience is basically not exactly what MechWarrior is. It's built in the MechWarrior universe, but it's not the same. MechWarrior yeah. was always, you get to actually pilot these damn things. And... Every MechWarrior game that I've played has been some form of either corporate espionage or revenge story. and So maybe it just fits right in with it's, that. It's just the way that that universe works. Uh, and, if I, and, and this has been years, I mean years, since I played, another, uh, played a true-on MechWarrior game. Uh, but... For me, I don't remember the story of those at all. I have no recollection of them. What I do remember is fucking finding myself a lake and sitting there and being a fucking particle cannon turret. Well, and there's (laughs) 
like I said, a lot of these these mechs you can just play around and kit the way that you want, right? Like I've got I'm trying to remember what I'm running that I like the best right now. Honestly, I really like the Stalker. Like, I just can't get enough of the Stalker. I built a Banshee that's got a pretty decent loadout. I've got a Warhammer, which I have loaded up with machine guns and flamethrowers. It, it took over my flamer spot because it has better armor. Basically, a, a Warhammer has, um, two, it has two ERP PCs, which I use at range until I get close. And then it's got a shotgun of SRMs. So like two SRM6s, yeah. four flamethrowers, and two machine guns. And machine guns actually work really well in this game. So as long as you can get within 100 meters, you basically just hold down the fire button with that and flamers, and then you just roast roast and needle things down. And it doesn't take that long. Honestly, we're talking like five seconds of focus fire with that if you can get, and this is a mech that has decent speed for a, a heavy mech. I can get up, you know, at range, I'm pinpointing what I'm wanting to shoot off, and then I get up there, and then I just take care of the rest. And it's not that hard to leg stuff. It's not that hard to disarm stuff. Hmm. You just, you have, there is some skill based in that, because moving around, and you are moving in a bipedal fashion, which means it's kind of, there's some up and down or side to side movement, depending on the mech. And that gets, that takes some getting used to. But, like, after a while, you feel like you're piloting it. Like, this would be really fucking cool. With a HOTA setup, like there is basically a throttle position. You literally move the throttle up. Yes. And then you do all your maneuvering with the other hand. You've got the twist for the torso. Correct. The, you know, the stick movement for looking you know, around. Yeah, looking around. And, uh, you know, and, and then you just have all of the different other controls. The, the HOTA setup I have would be perfect for it. Um, it's. It's pretty insane, and then, like I said, with basically having six fire buttons, like I've gotten, I can do five at a time. I have a hard time with six with the way I have my mouse laid out, yeah. but I haven't gotten to a point where I needed six because I kind of combine stuff in the groups that I wanted to fire in, and then certain things like I mean that I want an alpha strike. I basically have an alpha strike button for when I need to use it, and it's kind of way off to the side. I mean, I'm already looking at all the different things that you can do on the HOTAS setup But, like, I have. with my stalker, I literally had my left mouse button as my... Out. It's basically like it was a chain fire for SRM. So I could click it individually and get, you know, single shots of SRM. And then when I wanted to get up close, it just clicked it really fast. And it just continued a continuous stream of SRMs because they reload in about a second, the ones that I got. So by the time I click it six times, I can continue clicking it because, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right, I can click it six times a second, but the first one is already reloaded by the time I've gotten to my sixth click. So yeah. it's it's pretty insane. It's just basically I can just... just it, it's, Go to it's, town. Yeah. Go to town. And it's it's just so fun. Uh, if you have any interest in MechWarrior at all, it's... It's not going to blow your mind of the story, but the gameplay loop... Like I said, I have that many hours, and I was falling asleep thinking of mech loadouts and then waking up thinking of mech loadouts and playing <laughs> missions in between coming home from work and checking on the dog and playing half a mission. And, then and thinking and, about mech loadouts. Yeah. See, I was looking for like something I could put on my desk so that I could have like a Highlander or something like that on my desk that's not like the catapult or something that's completely recognizable. Yeah. So while you were or doing an Atlas. I'll say I put in in the two weeks 
put 20 hours into a game I said I wasn't going to. What? What'd you do? What'd you do? It's on Game Pass, so I Hello gave Kitty Desti- Adventure Island. So I gave Destiny Two a chance. Oh yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be on Game Pass. It's free, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it is free. Um, what do they give so, you extra on Game Pass? Uh, I don't think there they is don't. anything. It's just they don't. It's just the base game, right? Yeah. So, but um, yeah. Game Pass. Yeah. Huh? So you, so I gave Destiny two a try. Yeah. Being free and all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll say this: after twenty hours, I was genuinely entertained by the legacy campaigns. Yep. The legacy campaigns are pretty good. Well, the Red War is pretty good, and Forsaken is pretty good. But I haven't played Forsaken, obviously, because I'm not going to buy it. I'm just talking Red War, uh, uh, Curse of Osiris, Curse and of Osiris, and Warmind. Yeah, um, Warmind's Red right. War and Curse of Osiris are all right. I didn't like Warmind. You didn't? I mean, I, I was I was okay with it. Outside of the shiny glowing spear, it gives you to throw at enemies and instantly kill them. Well, I mean. That is pretty cool. The javelin is pretty cool. Um, but how'd you feel? But once you finish those, it's just more destiny. Duh. Yeah, that's kind of the point. I All the same grind is still there. All the same... You haven't seen some mindless. of the shit, though. I mean... The, all, all the same mindless striking and this sure the strikes are kind of mindless and and the enemies are kind of the samey uh there isn't a whole lot of like the for me the you know the differences in the guns and being able to actually uh you know to farm the you know the exotics here's the one improvement to to the guns that I do like yeah. I can totally equip two different hand cannons. Yeah. And not run out of the same ammo. Right. Because it does stock them separately because one's primary, one's secondary, whatever. Yeah. That part I like. You'll never run out of ammo. Yeah. Unless you use special. And then there's a difference. Yes, there is. Um... Aside from that, I couldn't get you know, into it's it. It's not really different enough. Once I finish the legacy campaigns, what is there really? Because the other, the other quote campaigns missions that I played after that are, or primary missions are. For me, the legacy campaigns were what Destiny needed to do with the campaigns. You know, the story-filled cinematic. Right. You played the progression. You played the story. Right. After that, it's like... There should be some story to, to some of this other stuff, and there's not. So it felt... 
it feels like okay, you put together three decent stories, yeah, and then just gave me a rehash of Destiny. Well, kind of was on the nose when they started you off in the same spot as Destiny One started you off. That what, annoyed me a little bit. It, I mean, I'm like, what did I just load up? Did I load up the original Destiny or is this Destiny 2? I mean, it looks better, but it's exactly the same. And it doesn't um, look that much better. No, it looks better. Well, I mean, I don't know about console, but... I mean, the Cosmodrome, I mean. Yeah, well, like, a lot of that was done for nostalgia. I mean, yeah. the idea was to get the people who had played Destiny 1 to play Destiny 2 and give them something they could recognize. Familiar. Right. Right. I will say, outside of I'm pretty sure I'm going to be fully done with it and completely bored after a couple more days, now that I've finished the story campaigns until Forsaken becomes free at some point. Um, yeah. If it does. Um, Maybe. Never know. I'll probably put it away. The, I will say this, the, like the new area of Earth that they put together. The EDZ or whatever. Okay, that's genuinely a great improvement over the Cosmodrome. Oh, yeah. One's in Russia and the other one is not quite in the same spot um it well i mean there's more ver there's more vertical to it it's yes. it's laid out like a city yeah yeah etc etc it's yeah. just more interesting okay um the overall area is much bigger than you initially think it is yes ton bigger um I'm not even sure I've hit all the area of it yet. Probably haven't. I mean, I haven't. And I've played, like, I, I don't know. I'm probably uh, upwards to... Am I, am I over 500 now? I'm going to have to check. Uh, say after Christmas, I may be playing some Destiny just because I've, you know... No money for games hearing. for, for well, about yeah. six weeks at least. That plus you keep hearing about it. Um, well, you got to think I'll about say, this. Like... We're coming up. It is January first. We got about two or three episodes before we do our prelims. Yep. Yeesh. Just think about that for a second, guys. Five hundred and forty-three oh, hours on record uh, yes. of Destiny Two, and I and I only yeah, started I playing I'm... in like what September, November. I don't think like I'm that? going to come anywhere close to that. Thing um, for 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 me, just the, just the from the only a f- thing, the only thing that might keep me playing Destiny is the thought did cross my mind to install it on the other machine, uh huh, and see if the ten year old gets into it or not. Just for the simple fact that it's you know it's a fairly basic shooter. You don't have to be an expert to. No, you don't Do really. Decently. Um, you know, so the 10-year-old might get into it. There's not really any blood you to know. speak of. It's, I, I mean, can probably it's, get it's, Crystal to play that instead of the Division to kind of break things up a little bit, etc. Yeah, considering the Division hasn't really done well. Um, 
Well, there just hasn't really been much to the division. I haven't picked it up since I dropped it. So, um, <laughs> we played through the new content, and until more content drops for it, that's kind of it. <clears throat> haven't even gotten there yet. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I just I felt like the division did. You know, after it has the same problem that you you know that you ex, you know, are describing with Destiny. Once you get through the story, all it is is basically just running from place to place, killing things. You know, you and and getting loot, uh, and that's really the th- thing about it is it's a, it's just a loot grinder. Uh, it has it has a bit more diversity in the weapons, I think, as far as roles on the weapons. But uh, I mean, for for me, Destiny is more about just mindlessly shooting well, things. No, I will say that the that the um. Some of the additional game modes that you have in Destiny, um, both 1 and 2, to be honest, in my opinion, are much more enjoyable than just running strikes and raids over and over again. Yeah, I mean, um, the raids are fun, though. I don't care uh, I don't care about the strikes. The strikes are just kind of a means to an end. You have to do that for certain materials, or you yeah. do that just because you're bored or you just need to have a, a certain thing. Right. Uh, or you're trying to do a bounty or whatever. But for me, the raids are kind of where it's at. That's where all of the, you know, the... Uh, the work goes into, you know, on the development yeah. side for, you know, creating encounters and shit, they put a lot of work into the fucking raids. And those raids are tuned in such a way yeah. that you know, have to know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Um, that level of skill in PVE is, uh, is kind of the thing that I'm driving towards. Now, I will say that um, those legacy campaigns were the first sign I saw that they were actually putting together, that they were actually thinking about story after Taken King. Because let's face it, before those, Taken King was really the only expansion with any real kind of meat to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Taken King was what uh, what uh, taught Bungie how to do what they were doing. So, But then they ruined it with Rise of Iron. Um, yeah, Rise of Iron. After that, well, that was um, more of I, I think that was more of a uh, Activision uh, thing too. So, thing is, is Taken King universally in the Destiny community at least is regarded as one of the better expansions ever created. And you know, when Destiny Two came out, because it wasn't up to the level of Taken King, even though the Red War was fun as you got got through it once you got through it you had curse of osiris which was kind of small i mean it was, it was small but the the story beats were good in other words it, the the story was on the same level of red war for being shorter it was really short though but the the story beats progressed well yeah so it was enjoyable even though it was short, it was really enjoyable. But you have to realize that that was a full expansion people paid for, and the only thing they got was that short story that you uh, got from yeah. that, and Mercury, which was kind of like a dot. Like, comparing Mercury to the EDZ, it's about as big as maybe two parts of the EDZ, yeah. if that. 
So it was yeah. kind of that a, I could see. Kind of a uh, kind of tiny. That's why Curse of Osiris was not regarded very well when it came out, and Warmind was a little bit better, but still not quite as good. And people were really re- wasn't much bigger than Curse of Osiris. But people were looking at that and and seeing where they were kind of going, and it took until Forsaken, which released with two huge zones uh, for it to actually take off. And as soon as Forsaken came out, that's when Destiny started to rise. You know, that was when they started to get, you know, better content. Uh, and then they added this, uh, the seasonal systems, which added little bits of content here and there, added raids, added the menagerie, which was arguably one of the best things that they could have done. You haven't seen half of the stuff that, you know, had been added since then. <coughs> so you've seen the base base okay. game. And, and I'll be fair to it on that. The uh, but I don't, I don't think it's enough for me to buy Forsaken. It, yeah. I mean, some people haven't. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of people who still play the, you know, the free access game and they're still having fun with it. Uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not here to sell you on it, really. I was kind of sold on it after I played the first three, you know, the, the initial campaigns. I'm like, I want a little bit more. And I'm also, if I'm, if I put 30 hours into a game, a free to play game, and I enjoy it as much as I did, why not throw the extra, you know, at the, at the time it was what they were on, it was on sales. So I I spent like maybe $60 total to get the, you know, kit forsaken and, uh, shadow keep. You did a lot better than you did with uh, Warframe. Right. Exactly. When I'm looking at Warframe spent, you know, spending hundreds of dollars on that, Versus sixty bucks for you know for a game that's entertained me for what five hundred and forty hours, I mean that's not a bad fucking deal, right? Yeah. So you know, I and I keep going back to it. I I continually go back to you know to Destiny Two, even though, uh, sure it has kind of a you know it has its rises and falls. But I'm kind of digging the seasonal content that they're throwing out there. So it's little bits of content every week or every other week or something like that that's that changes some you know something. There's a new quest that's added, or there's a new boss to you know to go fight, or there's a uh, there's like the seasonal or the uh, the holiday event that's going on right now that basically has you baking cookies for everybody in the system. Right. You know, it's small little things like that, but it gives me a goal to go towards. True. And I could see that. And I just, I don't know that's enough to get me to spend my money on. It, it, um, everybody's a little different. I mean, I really honestly need to be playing other games because there's plenty of stuff that's on the backlog that I really should be playing. I just find myself you know, going back to something that I feel is very comfortable, especially after a long week. Like, you know, all I really want to do is just kind of turn my mind off and kill some hive, you know? I will say while I was doing that, one of the major reasons why I kind of dove into Destiny 2, um, I got on the beta for uh, Project X Cloud's console stream. Oh, boy. 
Yeah. Um, That's part of Destiny. Yeah, Destiny's going to be on that? I forgot to bring my controller. Oops. Or I'd show it to you. Um, so, what does that actually mean? It means basically I can stream my console to this. To so, my phone. To the phone. Right. Um, okay. It works. It works well on a decent Wi-Fi. By decent, I mean a 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi. You can't do it on 2.4. I mean, like the one in here? Yeah. Right. So uh, you can't do you, it on Walmart. You, uh, you or, can't uh, do it on Walmart Wi-Fi. Amazingly, McDonald's worked fine because they have 5 gigahertz router. Go figure. Um, <laughs> um, and my... Cell service will handle it to a point. The main gate I have is the is a data package I have on my cell service is not the full full bandwidth full HD bandwidth one. It's gotcha. Um, I mean, I have five G, but I don't get all the bandwidth because I don't pay for it. So, um, it would probably work had I. If I had the full HD access, Um, but as it is, it kind of gates HD to only certain streaming services. Gotcha. Okay. So, so the, the, the quick and dirty from what you've seen. The quick and dirty, it works. Okay. So what you've seen is it actually works rather well. You think that it's better than what Stadia is providing? As far as... From what I've seen. (laughs) I mean... From what I've seen, yes. Now, keep in mind, this is the console stream and not the actual Project X Cloud streaming service. Okay. That actually probably works better because you're streaming the game directly from their servers instead of from your console through their servers. So it just turns your console and broadcasts it to the internet. Yes. Okay, so... You're so, still getting console quality stuff. Yeah. So I imagine just in in reading some comparisons uh from different tech sites, etc. Right. And users within within the um uh shit, I forget what it's called, the freaking beta Microsoft beta group, whatever. Right. Um is that the actual xCloud streaming service is optimized a bit better. But again, that's because you're you're eliminating one component, and that is upstream from your house to their server. Um, My Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 505 megabits down. Now, I will say that is... I am doing choppy with the console stream at 25 meg per second upload over Wi-Fi from my Xbox One S. Okay. Might do a little bit better if my One S was hardwired and not on Wi-Fi, but I don't think it'd be better enough to make a huge difference. Yeah, Yeah, I'm at a point with getting the speed that I got right now Um, that I disconnected all the cables except to my PC and... As it is right I don't have a now, reason to at this point. because of the data package I pay for, for on my cell phone, 
input lag basically makes it impossible to play shooters on. Right. Um, unless I'm connected to Wi-Fi, but if I'm connected to a decent Wi-Fi network, it's not any different than the uh, than the streaming my One S to the Xbox app on my Surface. Okay. In my home network, I mean, yeah. Uh, so that actually works I mean, extremely well. In a unique use, not a really that unique use space for that kind of stuff, because it's like you want to play M-rated games while you have kids, but don't want to put it on the big TV, so you just stream exactly. it to your surface. So you're really the best test bed for something like that. Right. I'm in a case where that doesn't really matter in my household, so it's not that big a deal. I mean, we watch a lot of Supernatural, a lot of crazy shit, and the kid's going on 17, so. Right. And I have no use for it whatsoever. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, Other than at work. I'm not supposed part. to be playing games at work. Yeah. Well, I'll say supposed to super be. randomly, since I spoke about kids, um, saw Spencer Kid this week. Yeah. Got to catch up for a little bit. That was pretty cool. Woo-hoo. Sweet. So, hi, Spencer. Um, How's he doing? Hope you are look like you're doing fine in Tokyo. So sweet. You had to come down and visit the Zoe dog. So since that is basically his dog, yeah. Right. So he's still living it up out there. Yeah, awesome. Living the the life that we don't get to live in Oklahoma in Tokyo. Yeah, well, I mean it's Tokyo. I can't think of anything completely uh, any more different than Oklahoma. <laughs> are we in a good spot for a break? Yeah, we're 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 pushing a a new record, I think. But I will say um just before we go break just to summarize it. Uh yeah, I have full faith that the XCloud stuff whether it's the streaming service or the console stream is going to be fine what they fully roll it out. I'm pretty sure that they're going to win as far as uh um, you know just having games available. They're they're going to they're going to stomp uh they're going to stomp Stadia to the ground. Stadia released way too early. All right. Yeah. We'll be right back. Yo. Yeah. Yo. Yo. Curate us, Jason. Curate us. He's got it's news time. He's got news, news, news. News time. Um, So, in the last couple weeks since we've been out, um, basically, uh, Microsoft and Sony, as we know, both kind of detailed their their basic specs for the basic spec layout for both next-gen consoles, uh, which Microsoft confirmed the new Xbox is just Xbox. Drop the Series X. That's just what they're labeling everything coming up for this generation. So so the console itself is just Xbox. So they're just getting – they're going to start over. So it's – so uh, yeah, so they're starting over. So I mean, it's been so going it's on for like, almost twenty years at this point. So yeah. Xbox Series Series X is just the label for everything they're doing this current generation. That's from consoles to services. 
to well, whatnot. it makes total sense because you can still yeah. buy 360s and you can still buy Xbox Ones, but if you send a parent out to go buy an Xbox, uh, it's kind of like going to Texas and ordering a Coke, <laughs> right? And be like, so you want an Xbox? Bitch, we only what? serve Dr Pepper. So, no, I'm just saying, you want an Xbox, what flavor of Xbox? 360, 1, 1S, you know, or, or or do you want the new Xbox? Yeah. Whereas, like, if you go to Texas and you order a Coke, they'll be like, what flavor? Sprite, Mountain Dew, da 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 you know, like. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so, all of their, basically all of their, uh, uh, Basic specs have been confirmed to be similar. The only difference that we'll have to wait and see how it plays out is going to be in the in the actual um, CPUs because Microsoft's confirmed they've worked on a you know a proprietary thing with AMD and PlayStation's using a fully Ryzen based CPU system. Okay, so we'll we'll see how. We'll see if there's any major difference there as these things launch. There's not much difference between uh, the PlayStation 5, yeah. the Xbox, and a, a freaking custom-built PC anymore. Yep. Um, both have confirmed to be using DDR6, both using solid-state hard drives. So, I mean, we're we're actually going to see, I think, very, very similar overall performance specs out of the next two. Whereas PlayStation 4 had a definitive advantage over the Xbox One. Right. I, yeah, it's going to be a hard sell for me to actually pick up another console. You You know, to be absolutely honest, the only reason to get consoles anymore is the exclusives. Yeah, it's not a hundred percent true. I mean, for people like me, yeah, I understand. There's not anybody out well, there. I, not everybody out there has a fucking gaming rig that's set up specifically to provide the best looking visuals on a PC. I get that, but you still don't have a 4K gaming rig. I do too. I mean, my my system does do 4K. I just don't use 4K. I don't need to. I don't think the you know what's the net worth of your system? Well, you mean the total uh, parts cost for my system? Yeah, including my monitor. Let's just leave the monitor out of it. No, I mean the monitor is kind of a big thing if you want four K. Just leave the monitor out of it. It, If you don't include the fact that his current GPU came from my wife's store, right? So the GPU Um, itself is uh, is worth seven hundred dollars. You know, just by itself. And it's not the top of the line. I could have gotten a $1,000. Just put it together real quick. $2,500 to $3,000, depend on, you know. One, two, three, four, five, six Xbox Series One X Elites, right? Yes, but it's not the only fucking thing that I do with it. I'm just saying, though, like, I... I need a graphics card replacement to do full-on 4K ga- gaming, right? I need another $500 investment to do that. Yeah. So for me, having a 4K, two separate 4K rigs for games that aren't on PC or for some games that I want to play in 4K that I don't necessarily want to upgrade on PC, 
seem like a very worthwhile investment. And I'll say that we in this room are all in different places, right, financially. Mm -hmm. And where you choose to spend your money is is a thing, right? But also, our audience is pretty diverse, too. So I feel like there's a small section that can PC master race with the best of us, right? And then there's, I think there's a really broad section of people that still couldn't afford to drop $3,000 even over the course of a year. True. I mean, and that's where it has its place. So, and, and that's why I said I understand there's people who you, can't fucking hang. You 15 years ago wouldn't be able to be in the same place as you are today. Probably not. Uh, well, actually, 15 years ago, he was pretty close. I, I was. I was pretty close. I've been trying to, you know, to get to, you know, the you know, bleeding edge of technology as far as, yeah. you know, as far it, as gaming the is main concerned. Difference, I, have, I upgrade my computer every four yeah. to five years. The the main difference in console dependency for Rusty has always been not necessarily being able to build the PC rig, except afford to build the PC rig, etc. It's chiefly been. When's he working and who he's playing with? Mm -hmm. For the most part, the reason Rusty's pretty much quit gaming on his console at all is the fact that he's working the fucking vampire shift and isn't on playing with with us. Well, I mean, there's that. That's there's the also, chief reason. Well, the chief reason why I don't console game anymore is because my computer could fart one-eighth of its fucking processing power and still beat the fucking PlayStation or the PlayStation or Xbox I've got. Yeah, but, I mean, you can't play... You couldn't play Last of Us on your PC, right? You can't play... If you wanted to play Red Dead Redemption at launch, you weren't playing it on a PC. That's why I said the, con you know, the, the reason for getting consoles anymore, for me, is the, is the exclusivity. Is to be able to play the games that exclusively come out on console. I wouldn't have been able to play God of War last year, uh, you know, or the year before. <laughs> Jesus, uh, with uh, you know, with my PC, it's not there, but I could still play it on the PlayStation Four. The you know the problem I have, you know, with the console specifically the you know the current console generation is that. After seeing what my PC can do, going back to the console is like nails on a fucking chalkboard yeah. to me. I cannot go down to 30 FPS anymore. I cannot fucking deal with the uh, minute and a half to fucking five minute fucking load times. It feels like an hour. There's nothing that has a five minute I, load time. Give Skyrim a try. Uh, <laughs> it's just... It's just there's so much of a uh, performance difference between current, you know, current technology and PCs versus what's in the consoles. The next generation yeah, is, is going to bring that up to about where we're at, in, you know, in PC hardware. But the, you know, the PC hardware arguably has been kind of slowing down as far as it's leaps and bounds. I get what you're saying, Rusty, but, like, I think for, like, a majority user base, like, I picked up Monster Hunter World on game, on Xbox. So did I. To play it with people, right? Same. Nobody played with me, but I, I played I with did. you some. Well, the problem is, is that I, I don't, 
anymore, uh, I don't get to, you know, to be able to play with people local because the local people are asleep when I'm playing. The other thing was I played, uh, played Monster Hunter on Xbox. I fucking enjoyed the gameplay loop and I understood the gameplay loop of the game, but I hated, hated the, you know, the fucking fidelity on the screen and I hated the control. You still had the OG Xbox, though. I did. It makes a pretty big difference. And and that's the thing. There's, like, a couple more Xboxes that came out after that. What's to say that they're not going to do the same fucking thing with the new Xbox? They're going to come out with this version, and then another fucking year later, they're like, oh, well, we've got one that's got, like, a, a little bit better of a processor here by this I other it, fucking console. I think they're pretty severe differences, especially comparing... Your OG experience on Jedi Fallen Order versus what I had it on my Elite. Because oh. my Elite was not nearly as bad as it was for you. I wanted... I mean, if the fucking console hadn't have died, I wanted to throw it out the fucking window. It was that fucking maddening for me. And even you know, even if you was to, uh, to bump it up and have a little bit more processing power behind it on the Elite, you're still kind of you know limiting yourself on the frames per second. You're I not going to get... 40 to 45. I mean, it was pretty playable. You're not going to get... I mean, I'm playing it on my fucking PC at 100. Right, but you know, 100 versus 60, there's not any discernible difference to me. I can tell the fucking difference. Well, with your laser eyes, but most people without <laughs> laser eyes can't tell the difference between 60 and 100. I, Anything beyond 60, you only perceive 60. The only difference that, you know, that you're going to see, you know, you're going to see a... Uh, a difference in the delay, not necessarily in the frames that you can actually visually see, but the delay in your actions. That's the only thing that's going to change. You're going to still see the same image go across the screen in the same period of time. But if you was to click, you're, you're going to see the action happen just a tiny, almost imper- imperceptibly you know, small amount of time faster on a uh, on a high refresh rate, you know, high f- uh, frames per second, you know, game, and I noticed that immediately, immediately once I played fucking uh, Jedi Rusty, Fallen just Order you're a right. PC gamer versus, snob, but it's okay, we'll accept you, but keep your <laughs> but, game peeking over there. But <laughs> let's let's also put some of some of what you're saying in perspective, okay. When you when you're looking at the overall life of of uh, this console generation, just for just for Xbox, with with you using that as an example, yes, the original Xbox One came out in 2013, but they knew after seeing the PlayStation Four, almost immediately they were they were underpowered for where they should have been, right? We all we all agreed to that. No. I mean, the comparisons um, between games were kind of were yeah. startling. Yeah, right. Um, so, 2016, they released the Xbox One S, which is really where they should have been. So, even the playing field after one iteration. Yeah. Um, then PlayStation so, Four Pro came and then out. PlayStation Four Pro came out at the same. And, and then, then PlayStation 4 Pro actually came out in 2017, same time as the Elite. As 
Xbox does the One X, which is the actual next full upgrade from right where they were at. So I really look at that as a four-year cycle. Now, Phil Spencer's saying four to six-year cycle. I kind of get that. Because look at how how fast the graphics hardware is advancing just the last five years versus ten years ago. Well, yeah. I mean, you're I looking mean, at the difference between, like, a GTX 6... You know, 600 series versus a GTX 1080 right. Ti or, you know, or something yeah. similar. You know, you're going to see a major difference All, in graphics quality. Ultimately, ultimately we're going to see this every time. The main, the main difference there is for most consumers is that the total cost for one of these consoles is e- equal to or slightly more than what you're usual retail cost for just the video for card. just the video card on a PC not to mention the fact that most of the time when you do a major video card upgrade you generally have to upgrade either your motherboard or your processor not really i mean it, you've had to do that a lot the last again 5 years versus say 10 years ago the the bottleneck isn't on the CPU though that's the thing the, the no, bottle- it's in the motherboard. The no, and not even that. The bottleneck is you know is pretty much been the GPU for a while now, uh, yeah. because processors in the in the boards themselves have enough bandwidth to be able to push as much as a GPU can actually you know can do, and it's been that way for I don't know like five six years something like that. Yeah. Uh, so the GPU has been the bottleneck. And it's only just recently that they've started to catch up to the point where uh, where games are now kind of, you know, they're kind of sharing the load between CPU and GPU, you know, load. So now you have headroom to be able to build more, you know, intensive games. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's only started, you know, in the last couple of years once the 1080 Ti came out. Yeah. Uh, that's where the, things started to level right. out. And the other thing we're going to see play out over the next few years is the fact that VR really looks like it's sticking around. For the lack of content that there is right now. <laughs> um, That's one thing I did the, get my parents to do. I got them to put the fucking headset on. Even my dad. Score. I, That's got to be funny. I got my, my, my grandparents, grandma and grandpa... Mom and dad, you know, they're like, what are these cameras around the fucking room? So I, you know, and I showed them the VR headset and I played, uh, played one round of Beat Saber and then I loaded up Tetris Effect and just sat on the fucking normal screen, like the title screen, which has the earth and a bunch of particle effects and, you know, in VR, right? And then I just handed them the headset. I figured there's no motion. They're not going to get sick. But they're going to be able to look around and see. And I'm like, that was fucking great. Like, right. like wow. But yeah, it's but it's going I to think, stick around. I, I think, think VR's proven that this time it's going to stick. Well, it's going to develop. It still has some development time. It still has 
it's still going to mature and it still needs to mature. It's but it's still a niche thing though. That's I don't see it going away and I do see it becoming more mainstream in the next five to ten years. Yeah. Ver do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um so that in and of itself is going to increase that problem. Well, what right. what what I'd like to see Where, is the is the next consoles. I mean, PlayStation's already kind of got PSVR mm-hmm. going, right? Yeah. Uh and you know, having the new you know console generations be able to access VR through the console would yeah. immediately sell those now, consoles. Now that is the one thing that that Microsoft hasn't really come out and outright said. Right. But I have a feeling that the next series just from just from the fact that I've seen the seen the same rumors written about from numerous different sources is that the series X consoles mm-hmm. are going to support window either windows mixed reality headsets or yeah. a combination of that and either Oculus or Vive or, you know, some, something right. in there. Um, that, that would, that would be a great thing because right now that's what PlayStation has over Microsoft. Yeah, it's PSVR. Now, that said, Microsoft also has one thing up on PlayStation, and that is just their services in general. Right. You know, their xCloud service and things like that. xCloud, Game Pass, whatever. That is one thing they've proven they are absolutely going to beat everybody at. Yeah. Um. So I think you're actually going to see where you saw sales get lopsided for one or the other during this last generation run. Um, I think we're probably going to see a little bit of a reversal in that this time around where you're probably going to see more Xbox up front because of the services. Right. Well, where? It, it, it really does depend. I mean, mm, dog, you're. I think you're going to start <laughs> seeing Sony become more of a niche thing. Well, you, you're you're looking at uh, you're looking at a lot of you know speculation at this point. It's it's all speculation, but you oh, yeah. can't you can't discount the fact that people who have only been able to ever afford just one console and have friends on that console won't continue with that console. So, and that's true, too. I mean, people who have been playing on PlayStation 4 for... That's true, too. You know, for but, years are probably going to pick up the PS5. But not to continue beating a dead horse. Um, in other news, uh, Telltale came out with a little bit of news about Wolf Among Us 2. Good. Um... Basically, they said they are starting from scratch. So you're not going to see a proposed release date anytime soon. No. Well, Um, they basically scrapped the initial plans for the sequel um, and said we're just starting from from scratch. Um, Which... To be honest, I kind of foresaw, considering the the dissolution of the company and then the sudden start back up, 
well, you don't have all of the same team members in place, etc. There might also be some, you know, some issues with, um, you know, IP. You know, I don't know if they've got full access to the IP. They might have, uh, they might have access to the name and be able to create another game in that, you know, in that. Yeah, they might route. even have the license to the story or anything. They, yeah. uh, we don't know enough about it. Uh, to be able to say for sure, but if they're starting from scratch, that might mean that they're rebuilding the uh, the Telltale engine, which, I mean, it kind of did need an update. Uh, it did fine for the Walking Dead original, you know, the the original portion of the series, uh, but I mean, every other Telltale game played exactly the same. It was just the story was different. Yep. Uh, and if you wanted to inject any uh, any kind of action, it was really kind of a weird quick time event situation, which didn't necessarily fit quite right. Uh, especially with the, you know, I think the best that they'd done with it was probably the Batman one, and that was just the that was more action heavy than anything. Um, Batman was excellent. Um. Batman was excellent. But even even then, the quick time events in Batman was still kind of frustrating. Yeah. So if they improve on their uh if they improve on their engine and maybe take another direction with uh you know with the story of Wolf Among Us, I'm fine with it. I mean Wolf Among Us if if they have just the base universe and they couldn't continue the story from the original wolf among us i'm fine with that because it's been it's been a while and while it did kind of have a little hint of a cliffhanger at the end of that it wasn't really enough for me to say oh i must play the second game right you know um in other news uh just some quick story bits uh modern warfare Call of Duty Modern Warfare is now not only the most played Call of Duty of this console generation, uh-huh. it's earned a billion in sales. I mean, they just throw a Call of Duty game together and print money. Print money, yeah. <laughs> um, that but, should make the investors happy. They are <laughs> they are sur- surpassing hours played, uh, concurrent sign-ins, etc. For the entire generation, so yeah. Well, it happened to be. I mean, it's probably I've, en- a- I've enjoyed playing this one the most. I mean, right, that's... you're the only one at the table that actually has played it. I've seen that's some true. gameplay of it, um, and to me, it's just feels like another call of duty game for me um that's just the bare minimum from an outside looking in perspective it looks like another well that's kind of the glass half empty perspective i say the glass half full perspective is yes it's more call of duty but that is absolutely the best call of duty i've played in 10 years do you see what i'm saying right so i mean they didn't try yeah. to go over the top for the innovation. They just went with what worked. Yes. Okay. Well, that's great. Cool. You got a game that worked 10 years ago that you've just updated to today's graphics. Perfect. 
I'm like, sure, that may have worked, but there isn't anything new about it. It has the same problem as every other Call of Duty is that there isn't anything new. <laughs> and while m- many Call of Duty players are happy with n- the nothing new, I'm not shooting laser rifles, for instance. Right. Um, well, part of my digging, it may be that I haven't really dug one in a decade. Right. But That's fair. It's just, you know, it's just, yeah. So, um, and then in other news, uh, so Netflix's Witcher series has been very good for CD Projekt Red. Not only uh, have they seen uh, more players playing it at one time than they have since launch. In fact, there are more people playing Witcher 3 now than at launch. Yeah, I've, I've seen a handful of my um, friends playing it again. Yeah, so have I. Which is like 48,000 concurrent players on stream. So that number is not even including console players. Um, It's closer to 1 million with consoles. I've considered booting it up again. I mean, I still have it. And I haven't gone through arguably some of the best DLCs ever to be dropped for a game. More, More interesting than that is that The Witcher 3 actually became the top-selling game on Steam in the UK, Australia, and Brazil, and the third most-selling game in U.S., Poland, and Russia since the TV show premiered. I mean... It was also the most-watched TV show globally when it was, when, at least over The Mandalorian over the last few years. Yeah. It actually, The Mandalorian was the most streamed show prior to its release. That's because The Witcher is the only good video game show that's come out that deals with an actual video game that's in existence. It's not a made-up video game. Right. Um, And it is so hot in here, I'm trying to spread as much surface area as possible. (laughs) It is 84 degrees in the studio right now. I'm I'm sitting in a freaking... I've got a hoodie on still. With that said, (laughs) I... I think that's great for CD Projekt Red. Yeah. It's... It just... I mean, Witcher 3 isn't a new game by any stretch. Like, it's... It's five years old at this point. But it just kind of tells you the quality of that game. That game is fucking amazing. One of the best RPGs ever created. Absolutely. And is instantly... Playable and replayable. I'm sure that a good portion of oh, those replayable. people. I mean, every time I feel like I need a little bit of sword and board. Yeah, I go load. I go load that up. I mean, that's it's a it's a really great game. Now, if I go through a month of famine this year, I'll probably replay it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's one of those games that you could go back and replay. And I've considered it. My my rule for RPGs is that I have to let it sit for a few years so that I can kind of enjoy it again. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the little bits where I've played it hasn't even been like trying to finish the game as much as you know I played through a few quests. Mm-hmm. Set it back down. Go play other games. Then when I feel like a little bit of sword and board or just ripping the face off of shit, 
<laughs> I go load it back up, play a few quests, you know. I would like to play it on the ultra wide. Um, I mean, the last time yeah. I played it was, I mean, I was at your place and I upgraded my PC just to be able to play it. Yeah, you got the nine seven. It was the seven seventy at the time. Seven. Yeah, you got the seven seventy just for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I won't be playing anytime soon because I got uh, three weeks to get through like ten games. Right. Yeah. Mm, so, I mean, and my, then my last little piece of uh, of news, which is uh, may or may not be good for the developers of of Red Dead Redemption as far as uh, future game anytime soon. Um, apparently, due to a uh, lawsuit that two, Take Two has filed. Um, there will not be a PC port of Red Dead Redemption, at least for the time being. Oh. Um, they had they had originally said that they wanted to do that. Um, considering there were a whole lot of PC players who were going be going into Red Dead Redemption Two without. Knowing anything. Playing Red Dead Redemption prior. Um, and they're I don't think, not going to be able to. I don't think it really matters that much. I'm not sure if I haven't gotten super far in the story. That's another game I hadn't finished. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. But basically the lawsuit um, wasn't even over anything the current developers of Red Dead um are doing as much as it is a uh a user's uh mod instructions that allow you to play the 360 version of Red Dead Redemption on a PC. Yeah. Well. So, well, I was going to say too just to understand a little bit why Right, it's on Steam and on Epic right now. Right. And is at 408,000 sales at the time of writing. This was December 24th. 408,000 PC sales for any game that'd be great for Red Dead Redemption 2. Not so great. Concurrent users was at about 52,000 around the writing of this article that I've got from TechRadar. Whereas GTA 5 was at 360,000 concurrent users. And GTA Five spent out for way longer. Like a, like a, it feels like a decade at this point. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know that there's enough people that were clamoring to play it on PC at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, I have, I have the game on console, and it's on. I think it's on. Did I pick it up for PlayStation? Ah, uh, shit. I think I picked it up on Xbox. I can't remember if I picked it up on but PlayStation. It's been so or not, far but... back at this point, like there's no reason for me to play it again right now. Right. If I picked it up on PlayStation, then I still have access to it. If I picked it up for Xbox, I'm boned. Um, because Witcher Three had as many player concurrent players as Red Dead Redemption Two did a couple months after launch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a multiplayer game. Yeah. No, no, no. It didn't catch me. I mean. I would normally have uh, my problem with it was on console, of course, because for reasons I've already went over. Um, but I'm not 
itching to buy it on PC. And while the original Red Dead Redemption was good, it was good for the time that it was released. So, I mean, I think there wouldn't be that much of a demand for the original Red Dead Redemption being a port um, now at all. <laughs> really, no, the only the only one that would be there is the small small base of PC players who would want to pl- play it, not having played it on cons console. Uh, that be, and that's got to be a fairly small base, I would think. Right, that and the other people would be like, "Can we, you know, I mean, can we jump the graphics up on it?" There, there's very few PC. <laughs> players who don't also play exclusive titles on consoles. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I give it a I give it a bunch of shit, but I'm going to pick one of the two consoles and I'm going to pick up probably one of the two consoles. And it will probably be PlayStation because most of the time the Xbox stuff comes on PC. So yeah. that's just well, that's just reality. Microsoft's working more and more towards that. Right. So, so PlayStation would be the obvious choice for me. Yeah. So is is that the wrap up? I that think so. It's up. our first episode of the year. All right. Yep. Get ready for us to start prepping our game of the year episode. Oh boy. We'll probably start discussing that next week. So you have a lot to look forward to. I don't um, know that we're actually doing it next week. No, we're gonna no, be no. just talking. It'll about be this. our our prep talk we always do. <laughs> so with that, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on iTunes and Spotify. Rate us, review us there. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash real tiltcast. And of course, we're on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast. Find some friends of the show. You got Cabbage on YouTube, KBG. You've got noquarters.net. You've got Pupcast. Sounds just like it's spelled, I guess. Um, you have bmfcast.com and you have tvgp.tv. Some of those guys also do pubcast. And with that, it's the end of the show. <laughs> Peace.